Greetings, dear fans, and welcome back to more of the fearsome and fantastical League of Ultimate Questing, where we bring you front-row high-stakes adventure following heroes as they battle foes and face trials, the likes of which, Illithar... What are you doing? You started without me? I told you I was getting some water. Marv, why are the monitors rolling? I, I wasn't even in the room. Time is money, Kip. Just a minor invocation to get the ball rolling. Uh, fear not, my friend. My introduction was both eloquent and informative. That is, until you interrupted me. Okay. Just relax, Kip. You're the face of the LUQ. <laughs> Stay cool. Nexus is watching. <clears throat> uh, sorry, folks, I had to get a sip of water, but what I'm really thirsty for is some spooky spiritual shenanigans. Watching the Mortal Dawn navigate the undead trials of Spirit's Rest as they protect their hired ward for the evening. Quite. This level of extraplanar influence will surely create ripples which will alter the flow of magic for miles around. How long does it take for this kind of magical imbalance to correct itself, Illithar? Well, it's hard to say for sure. There are things wizards like myself can do to help nature balance out its ley lines, but a small town like that? Ooh, I would estimate uh, 10, 20 days? 10 or 20 days of potential magical aftermath, everyone. Let's see if the Mortal Dawn has what it takes to survive till morning and clean up the miasmic mess left behind. So we see the team finishing a lavish feast laid out before them by the spirit of contemporary hospitality, a towering figure that manifests all of the goodwill and camaraderie and community in the feasting hall, having beat their second challenge for the evening, guarding the miser, Lord Nalros. As you finish up your meal, you can see the food in the tables slowly starts to fade away into nothingness. And as you hear the echoing laughter of the spirit of contemporary hospitality, Fading away with the music, you are now standing once again in the second floor of Nalros Manor. Cold, lifeless walls with finely carved wooden doors and bookshelves, standing covered in dust, empty and cold. So far, our success rate for uh, mysterious spiritual foods is about 50-50. <laughs> it's gone up. <laughs> <laughs> that tiny cake was surprisingly filling. Pie? I thought he made a pie. Tiny... There's a little pastry all smushed together. I was imagining okay. it like a Danish. Fair enough. Shout out to the Danish. It was a nondescript do-a-blorb. that. It was a do-a-blorb. <laughs> it was a do-a-blorb. You guys, I, I'm not feeling so well. Well, what? of course not. You just got hit in the face by a giant cosmic sword. My face hurts. Yeah. <laughs> are you Are you well? Um, I believe I'm at one is that you're all works? at full everything yeah. oh the feast gave you guys a long rest undamaged us mm. i would almost long dare rest. say you feel super good oh mm. never mind <laughs> just kidding i feel great <laughs> <laughs> maybe these are uh, psychic and emotional wounds because you got beaten so quickly yeah and even morty got to fill his belly at the table which is a shocking amount of food with delicious spirit mm -hmm. arm He's, yes oh morty what did spirit taste like what did spirit taste he's gonna like? have like ghost squirts because he had all this <laughs> rich human food he's gonna have ghost squirts oh. <laughs> and then morty lifts his head up and sniffs the air you once again hear the crackling of a fire from downstairs in the main hall did we douse that i thought it went out when that strange creature came out Ugh, i think we have number three on the way well we know we have number three on the way eventually 
Sooner the better. He kind of stiffens his back and says, I'll go. And he grabs his candlestick and begins trotting down the stairs. He says, who's down there? Who's lit my fireplace without permission? Who lit the fire of courage under his ass? Look at him. Hiding under the table, now he's going down with candlestick as his only weapon. We should probably stop him, though, because remember that Spirit said the third one is the worst of the bunch. Oh, shit. Oh, good, <laughs> good, good point. <laughs> just, like, hustle down the yeah, stairs You all stooge down the stairs. Except Chris is going to, like, activate his mage armor first. Oh, we all scrooge down the stairs. <laughs> scrooge. <laughs> Three scrooges. <laughs> Three scrooges. That's perfect. Oh, boy. It's, it's me, Artifacts, and fucking Alros. Just like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> Very good. Um, and as you go down, you see, once again, a fairly lifeless Grand Hall, but the fireplace is burning, and there is a figure sitting in the tall back chair, which has rewrited itself. And a strange, fairly tall human looks like an older man with very dark, slicked back hair, and an almost too long neck with a large Adam's apple, and almost a beak-like nose. You're right. This is most dangerous. It is a used carriage salesman. <laughs> He looks like he's reading one of the books just off of the shelf and enjoying the fire with his leg crossed over one, smoking a very long pipe that seems to have a strange reddish smoke coming out of it. I kind of elbow now, Rose. <clears throat> who, who goes there? He says, Ah, oh, come, have a seat. The night moves quickly in the spirit realm, does it not? There are actually enough chairs for everyone arranged near the fire. Perhaps we have things to discuss, yes? Sure, if you insist. This is the one that I must speak with. He says, pointing to Alros. But I am aware of your presence. I have been seeing the things you are doing, protecting him, helping him. Very good. All very kind and generous. I do have one question for you. What brings you here? What makes this all so important? When the spirits travel from the material plane to the afterlife, complications can make them linger behind harm other living things, lost spirits, twisted undead revenants. Me and my siblings are keepers of balance. Sometimes humans in particular have too much sway on this when other humans gather around them, and like the ripples of a pond, everything they do seems to radiate outwards. This Nilros has built an entire town. Everyone here depends on him, it would seem. And he's done some very cold and selfish things in the past year, and it's harmed everyone around him. We came to challenge him, teach him a lesson, or perhaps tie things up more quickly, should he die. Cool. So you're saying that the, the solution here could potentially be you just kill him? Depending on the choices he makes, yes. Yikes. Well, judging by the potency of your brother... Uh, sibling, the big one. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing you're not somebody we want to uh, fight if we can help it. That's not on the plate right now. I'm not here to fight you. I'm not going to draw blades and do the dance of combat with you. I'm here to offer a warning. Perhaps share some information. I am the spirit of the unforeseen tomorrow. And if Nyros doesn't change his path, not only will he die alone, but many other people in this town will be harmed greatly. Whew. That's a lot to take in. Over the past year, dark spirits have been clinging to this place, sensing the negative energy, waiting for spirits' rest to strike, finding a way to coalesce into some sort of tangible force that can reap the humans like wheat in the summer. I'm trying to imagine what could be worse than um, the factory burning. 
Why, that which is left behind when the smoke clears. The spirits that did not pass because they still feel bitter and resentful of the one who is responsible. He says, looking to Nalros, and he looks almost affronted but shocked and terrified. How is he responsible? I'm not responsible. It was the workers who burned it down. The late shift. They left the candles burning too long and knocked them over. I don't know. Of course they did, Nilerose. The hours you had them working were so unreasonable. Far longer than any human mind can maintain the safety of their surroundings. It was the holidays. They needed the hours. I didn't force anyone. They were willing. When was the last time you went to the factory before it burned down? He says, oh, well, Jacoby was the one who went to the factory. I suppose it must have... I suppose it was quite a while, wasn't it? Yes, it was. The working conditions had worsened greatly. You weren't paying attention to the people you supported. The people who counted on you, Nile Rose, to make sure they were safe and happy. It was your building. They were building your dreams, not just your furniture. So I'm responsible for it burning down. They stole every last bit of wealth that I have. They demand I use the rest of my estate to start from scratch? That seems so unreasonable. It's your choice to make, Nile Rose. But on the path you're on, you will create a vacuum of negative energy, and this town will be no more. Nile, is it worth letting your dreams die? Or worse, have them sour in your stomach as you slowly rot? He makes a gulping sound at that. It has been a rather hard year, I suppose. I was trying to keep distant and... Can't make enemies if you're not around people. Uh, I didn't know the working conditions were that bad. I should have, I suppose. No wonder they're resentful of me. Oh dear. Nile Rose, like I said, your cruelty and your greed, it's been attracting the dark spirits that died in that fire and those in the surrounding area. And like I said, I am not one here to draw blades and do combat, but I believe that there is something... A shadow that has been cast over you for some time, that is ready to spread its branches, that is ready to uproot and take the lives that still hold hope in them, like a flickering flame dying in a cold wind. I don't like where that's going. And from outside you hear a loud crash, as though metal striking stone, and then you hear people screaming. Oh, what a cue. Oh, pizdiets. Uh, we better go check on it. Now, Rose, maybe you should just spend some time thinking about what you've done. He kind of sinks into his chair more than you'd think someone could of his size. And how to make it better. Gulp. I'm going to head right out. Mm -hmm. And as the doors burst open and you head out onto the front steps and the cold wind hits you, you see the huge dead pine tree that was once in the center of the courtyard has uprooted itself and seems to be moving of its own accord, having ripped the gate off of its hinges. And you see the people with torches who are standing outside are being flung as its massive limbs swing widely. And there seems to be a kind of decoration on the tree, as though it had ornaments hanging from it. But those are hanging corpses, hung by the neck. What do you do? Fucking, I'm gonna yell out, Get away from it, everybody run! That seems to be the general intent. Um, and this giant towering thing is now ripping pieces of the wall off and hurling them into nearby buildings. And you see some of the people who were at the foot of it when they got knocked down get grabbed by these corpses hanging from the branches and pulled up into the branches of the tree. I'm going to drop a fireball on that stupid bitch. Okay, so why don't we all roll initiative? Boosh. So what did everyone get for initiative starting with this time? Let's go with Arvid. 18. 18? That's super good. 
I wasted another natural 20 on initiative, so 21. Hot damn. 19 for me. Jeez, you guys. And I just got a humble 14. So beginning the initiative, we're starting with Hyrothax, responding to the scene before you as the giant, evil, corpse-hung tree is attacking the peasants gathered outside of Nelros Manor Gate. And we will begin our battle with the Carnivore. Oh, that's me. <laughs> I was like, what's it called? That's a really good... That's fun. It's nice. I am planning on dropping a fireball, so if y'all wanted to not get right up on that, probably a good idea. Yeah. All right. Looking at this giant fuck-off tree, just harassing the peasantry, Aruthax is going to look at it and go, uh, go get them, boys, and <laughs> cast Bless on the party. Yeah, nice. Go get them. <laughs> Very good. Everyone is once again boosted by Harothax's bless spell. And then I'll shillelagh my staff. All right. Beautiful. Up next, we have Christ. I would like to yell to Morty, Morty, help me hold the gate. And uh, as soon as Morty runs to me, we're going to thunderstep behind the gate to help. On the other side of it? On the other side. Sure. Nice. Nice move. All right. So Morty will absolutely follow your command. And uh, what's the range of teleport on Thunderstep? Oh, I want to say it was like 90, isn't it? 60 or 90, I'm pretty sure. I, don't, I would have to look that up. Well, we'll say it's 90 for right now and then look it up later. Okay. And with a flash, you run forward. Morty jumps in the air just to make contact with you as you disappear. And there's an explosion as you appear behind the peasants at the gate. Very good. And you see there's a couple of them still like clamoring to get away from under this thing's massive rooted feet. Anything else? That is an action and a move, I believe. Uh, no, unless unless people are like falling down, I'm, I'd help them up. That would be my only other additional action. Sure. Yeah, I think you actually still have a little bit of move left because that's an action to cast Thunderstep. So you can move forward enough to help kind of pull some of the clamoring people away yeah. from the beast. Yeah, I want to do as much as I can to help keep the gate closed and people safe. And Morty has their full turn because all they did was move a few feet. Uh, so Morty will run forward and grab a couple people by like the scruffs of their coats and their legs and just start yanking them through the gate, uh, helping to get people away from the feet of this thing. Next up, we have Mr. Arvid. Well, in heeding his captain's orders, Arvid will not run up and rage attack this tree. <laughs> Instead, he will cast fairy fire upon it. Ooh, nice. Very nice. I'm going to roll a saving throw for my tree, and it's going to be lit up like a Christmas tree, perhaps. <laughs> I rolled not great. Actually, that's very average, but I don't know what this thing's saving throw is. Because I put it away. It's another negative one. <laughs> uh, so that's a fail against fairy fire. And this thing does, in fact, light up in a prismatic color of the Aurora Borealis. But what color? Because you get to decide that's the color. Right. Oh, that's right. But with limits. Because you can't go wild with this stuff. <laughs> if I remember correctly, isn't Fairy Fire have like this weirdly specific list of colors? It's like it must in be the one of books. One of three colors. I there. was flavoring Arvid's as like an Aurora Borealis color. Yeah. That's, well, I that's cool. That. Yeah, like great you know, when people have the the rainbow Christmas lights. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's like that. multiple colors. And so the tree and the corpses hanging down from it are all alight with a strange glowing spiritual light. And also on this turn, he's going to look at Artyom for, like, kind of like, should I move? Get closer. Just closer? Get close enough that you can charge at the end. Okay. Um, I My charge is, like, 30 feet. So you can run forward into the courtyard and then be at a safe enough distance to be ready to charge. Don't you have, like, a javelin? Didn't we get a javelin at some point? I think fairy fire is an action anyway. Spells and throw. Yeah. I know. I was just like, you have one, though, right? But if the javelin's want... like a weak attack. Oh, okay. Right. It's not You're worth right. it. 
Mm-hmm. If we want to get technical, the uh, the the cross spear that you got, you did lose when you threw it at a giant spider while you That's were shrunk. That's true. Uh, I may still have regular javelins. You got reg- reg- reggae javelins all day. Reggae javelins. <laughs> <laughs> We javelin? We javelin. <laughs> you literally you javelin. stole it. I was right there. <laughs> we javelin. And it um, feels so good. Herithax um, is, is going to look at this giant burning tree and be like, you know, I know it's helpful, but somehow the, the fire effect, it makes it so much worse. <laughs> so much worse. It's definitely scarier than it was yeah. before. Uh, that brings us to Artyom. Well, now that Arvid's done inventing extreme lawn decoration, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and destroy it all. I'm going to close the distance so that I'm, you know, a full move away from it. And then I'm going to drop myself a fireball right on him because it looks like there's nobody within 20 feet of the center of him. Well, if we're assuming that both Chris and uh, Morty helped to pull people away, we can probably figure out a spot you can drop this fireball. Cool. So getting an idea of the space of the courtyard, looking around, you can see that you can move up about 20 feet safely and still have enough room to drop the fireball without hitting anyone. Awesome possum. I'm going to do exactly that. It's literally going to be right in front of you and Arvid, though. Okay. And it's going to hit part of the gate, but not the people inside of the gate. Maybe I'm just not seeing it. There's nothing around him, right? Uh, It's a 20 foot radius. Oh, fuck. 20 foot radius is a 40 not foot, 20 foot yeah. diameter oh, oh it's fuck. a 40 foot circle <laughs> awesome okay yep. cool uh yeah just thank you for that of course <laughs> so you will immolate a lot of the decorations on the gate and scare the shit out of those peasants and <gasps> yeah, maybe right. slightly cook the eyebrows off you and arvid but otherwise no one else will be hit <laughs> oh that's it's generous to assume i have eyebrows at all at this point that's, that is generous, yeah <laughs> Uh, cool. So, yeah. Dex saving throw from the carnivore. Slam that Dex. Nope. <laughs> oh, nice. That is an easy no. <laughs> All right. Here we go. That's eight. Uh, 19. 27. 35. All right. That's nuts, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the night is completely filled with this huge ball of glowing fire for just a moment. All of town is visible very briefly, and as it snuffs, you can see the remaining branches of the carnivore singed and burning. Some of the ropes are still alight, having definitely taken a bit of extra fire damage from the fireball itself. Being a dead tree and all, and it turns to face those who have charged up on it. Mm, Great. Corpses swinging left and right, some of their pieces of limbs and flesh just kind of toppling and falling down to the ground as it swings. Hopefully there's a nice smell of roasted meat in the air. Mm-hmm. Roasted chestnuts mm. and campfire. Well, roasted chests and nuts. And also nuts. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Corp- corpse nuts. Different smells, mm. very different smells. My chestnuts sure are roasted. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> what? Delightful. Uh, <laughs> So this thing is going to turn and it's going to lumber forward, ripping up chunks of earth as the roots of his feet seem to bed themselves in every single step it takes. Just completely like terraforming this yard. (laughs) I wasn't far enough. (laughs) Just lumbers forward, swinging its huge branches angrily. And as it swings them, you guys come within the area of these hanging corpses. So I'm going to start with both of you making me a dexterity saving throw versus the actual zombos on ropes dangling down. Both of them. And they are blessed, yes. Not great, but let's roll that blesso. Not great. (laughs) I tried. Yeah, so that's 17. 
That's good. 12. 12 is not quite enough. So you take five points of necrotic damage as just their horrible undead claws sink into you, but you manage to duck and weave out of the way before they latch on. You take a full 10 necrotic and you gain the grappled condition. Oh, great. As there is now several corpses just kind of grabbing any piece of arm or hair or shoulder pad that they can get their fingers on. Hey, don't. (laughs) They don't care. Um, (laughs) Now it is the thing's actual turn. That's just its area of effect. What if I explain to them Mm -hmm. that this is spirit's rest? And that they are not really showing sure. their... They're not being very restful. <laughs> They're not being very restful or showing the spirit of the season. This is super not resting. <laughs> um, yeah, we're only persuasion. No, don't. <laughs> They're hey. dead. Hey, guys. <laughs> if you don't go to bed, Santa is going to skip this house. St. <laughs> Crothus. I couldn't remember. what I kept getting. I keep getting St. Cuthbert in my head because no, I sure. can't get off that one. Damn that Cuthbert. Yeah, it's oh, a- so there's one tree attack coming at each of you. Nope, that's a big miss on Arvid. <laughs> Fucking horror. I am going to roll percentages before I roll the one on our team because that okay. could be silly. Uh, 38. I haven't rolled a fumble in my chart in a while. It's been a minute. All right. Um, it seems to uproot its leg too quickly in this swing, and it seems to snap off a few of its roots, just lightly damaging itself <laughs> as it continues through with the swing and also missing you horribly. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a great face. And one more attack coming in at Artyom. Not a hit, probably. I'm pretty sure your AC is like 17 or 18. Uh, higher than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think, uh, so my base is 14 from the armor, and then on top of that, I have shielding cape. Yeah. So it should be around like a 20 or something. Me thinks. 20. 20 spot on. That's insane. With the shield out, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing has a higher bonus to hit than I thought, but it still misses. Yeah. Because I rolled horribly, but you are now tangled up in the corpses, and Arvid is now being in the shadow cast by this massive beast ready to strike. <sighs> Tender and great. That brings us back to Haruthax. All right. Well, I don't really want to get close to it on account of the fact that it's covered in grabby, grabby corpses. I'm going to try and infest it. A bunch of termites come swarming out of the ground, chewing on his rotting wood. I like it. Is it actually going to work this time? I don't. (laughs) What's my saving throw? If if history repeats itself, no. Um, (laughs) It's going to be a con save for this big beefy thing, which is probably a good save for it. I got a 14. That's not enough. What? Hey, infestation does a thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's like twice now. It's going to move five feet to the north. Okay. And then um, is it immune to poison damage? Nope. Okay, cool. Then it takes poison damage too. Uh, seven poison damage. All right. So it kind of staggers backwards limply as these tiny insects begin burrowing into everything open limbs flailing some of the ropes being severed by these gnawing insects teeth more corpses hitting the pavement (laughs) how much reach does it look like the corpses have uh the corpses look like they affect things roughly within 10 feet of the base of the creature all right damn infestation probably won't be able to move it enough to affect anything then but Mm. anything else on your turn you're going to stay away from it i've already used my bonus action um I'm still concentrating on Bless, so I don't want to cast any other concentration spells. I think I'm just going to force it to move and hang out on the steps. I'll, I'll protect Lord uh, Lord Cowardbutt inside. Uh, bad King Winslessless? Yes. Right. Yeah, bad, he's, bad King Weenusless. He's inside having a fireside chat with the visage of death. I just love the <laughs> idea of him like sitting there and sipping brandy and talking mm-hmm. as like, bodies go flying past the window. <laughs> yeah. Explosions and shit. It's nice to own land. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to Christ. 
Oh my, okay, so uh, let's go through the gate with Morty. Then I will just release a third level fire chromatic orb. Cool. Please roll me to hit the giant tree. Okay, and I think I have advantage, right? You have bless. I have bless, but also the fire, fairy fire. Oh, the fairy fire, yeah, you super do have advantage. Yeah, baby. Yeah, you got bonuses for days. I forgot about fairy fire. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Advantage. It's a 19. Well, that's way more than 19. Mm-hmm. The spell attack bonus. It was like 26. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. lots. That's a hit. All right. Let's do them 4d8s. Let's mm-hmm. do them 4d8s. Do it up. That's an 8, 8, 2, and 2. One of those is a d10. Oh, that's a d10. Sorry. It's quick fix. That's okay, that's d10. an 8, 8, 2, and 5. You grabbed yet another d10. Oh, God. I'm really bad at it. They look the same to me. There you go. Eight, eight, five, two. All right. I'll just do the math myself. Thanks. <laughs> it's 23. I know. Well, lucky for you. Uh, do you command Morty to do anything? He's just kind of the commodity dog at this point. Um, Probably to go protect RTM. Okay. Thank you. Giving a wide berth. Well, I guess I wouldn't know that. Uh, he gets within that range and then these hands come grabbing down and he starts like snapping at them and like ripping the arms off of the zombies as they get near him. But he's still kind of tangled up and very distracted at the moment. That makes it Arvid's turn. I have a question. The fog cloud spell. Mm-hmm. If he's lit with fairy fire, he would still show up, right? And then what does the fog actually do? Because it doesn't say it on the spell. Uh, it is a very ambiguous phrasing of a spell. Um, but you're also fairly certain, being a trained veteran of combat and of strange things of nature, that things that don't have eyes usually aren't affected by fog. Okay. In that case, I'll just read Lo- it Love the idea. Uh, yeah, just checking. Like big time. Okay. Maybe in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rage, and then I will not make a reckless attack. Okay, just regular attacks. Are we blessed? Mm-hmm. You are. And yes. you have advantage. From fairy fire, as long yeah. as you keep concentrating. You don't on need it. to reckless as long as you're still attacking with the fairy fire. That's awesome. That's so good. It's super good. And for everyone. It's good for everyone. Yeah. We're a good team, guys. Go team. That's terrible. That's um 11. That's an eight, right? On your die? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had oh, more than three. Sorry, I failed the arithmetic. This that's time. okay. <laughs> 15? That is a 15. Okay, and uh, then... And that does the hit. One. Okay, cool. Nice. Yay! Woo! Do the light side this time. Okay. Sorry, I stole your... That's okay. Before there. Dice heat. Hey, not bad. Give me that total, though. 11 plus the... Oh, plus the... Um, raging six. Or five, sorry. I got a raging six. I got a... <laughs> my, rage is, my rage is at a six. Yup. Uh, and your second swing? Second swing. Same exact thing again. Sorry, it, it went crazy. Is that a 12? That's mm-hmm. a super definitely hit. Yay. Great success. That's well above 20. And we'll do dark side to keep it even. Ooh, we're switching it up mid-swing. It's a 9 plus 4. 13 plus Fantastic. Plus five. That's <laughs> almost 30 damage for two swings, which is very good. You guys are racking up the damage on this big old tree. And it looks like as you're carving away at it, slamming it with fire and smashing your spells against it as the, and the insects are just like tearing the bark apart. It's revealing a kind of underlayer beneath the bark that just looks like roiling, 
liquidy black shadows that seep out like blood would on a normal mortal being. Fun. That brings us to Artyom. And what's the grapple condition do to me? Uh, your speed is zero. That's about it. You can use your action to break free of the grapple. Oh, cool. No, fuck that. I can just, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just give him a hug. Mm. Um, all right. So if that's the case, I'm not going to cast a fireball. I'm just not going to yeah, do that. That's why. Yeah. Just, just helping you guys out here nice. as a favor. Mm-hmm. I think I'm far enough away, actually. <laughs> but I think instead, I am actually going to cast Scorching Ray as a third level spell. Okay. You are still adjacent to it. I'll remind you again that that's oh, just... But fun. because there's fairy fire, it's just a normal hit on each of them. Uh, the only reason I was going to do that is because I thought I had advantage on each of the attacks. It's uh, not really worth it. You are still that. blessed for each of the attacks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fuck it. Yeah, they're, they're all still it. a straight roll plus a d4. That's pretty good. That's that's good. And I've got a good to hit on that. I've got a mm-hmm. seven, I think. So six or seven. Yeah. Seven. Okay. Here we go. You got this. Attack one. A ten plus one plus seven. Hits. Cool. And then a eighteen plus four plus seven. That's a hit. <laughs> and then a fifteen plus two. Plus, that's a hit. Aren't you glad you chose that? And that's all. That was that oh, was three. I get four. Oh, you're casting, casting higher level. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, 9 plus 1 plus 7, so 16. Very good. Okay. All hit. Cool. I missed the higher level part. Wee! That's fun. Yeah, so that's basically just another fireball. Yeah, I just I hit it with a fireball, <laughs> but a targeted fireball. Yes. <laughs> so that's just 2D. Okay, it doesn't increase the damage, just the number of rays. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. So we've got uh, 9 plus that's uh, 17, 25, and 32. 32. I'm coming in hard. <laughs> and it feels these fire hits in a big way. Um, and it's slowly starting to break away. All four holes have bored fully through it. And this black liquid starts just pouring out like you struck some kind of evil oil inside the beast. <laughs> just the most vile of gold. Right. Oh. Yes. A very effective turn. And the bolts just kind of shoot off into the night sky as they pass through the beast. Uh, and that will bring it to the carnivore's turn. So this beast is going to first activate its... <laughs> zombie aura uh, for everyone adjacent to it so, uh, that's the same deck save for the three of you adjacent to it which is artium arvid and the pup we uh pup pup no good better this time Aww, baby puppy. 16 16 that's good not not great six total of six what what, yeah. what kind of save is it it's a, oh a deck save you have advantage because you're a barbarian what we used that last time danger sense bro mm-hmm. oh, oh oh yeah I was so proud of you for remembering that last time. <laughs> Sorry. Now I'm not proud of you at all. <laughs> um, so that's... Oh, and the bless. Pew! 14 total. All right. Well, 14 is the DC. So good thing you rolled that bless and Thanks. added all your numbers up. Um, so you both take a total of four damage, necrotic, and neither of you become grappled. But Morty does become grappled. No. Oh. And then it makes its attacks. Uh-oh. It's going to do the same thing as last time because... It didn't go well, but it's just going to try again. First one is again at Arvid. That is going to be a 23 to hit. That's it. And another 23 coming in at Artyom. Oh, that's it. I rolled a very consistent pair of 13s there. Uh, 19 damage to you, uh, which is halved to half of 19, which is 9. And 17 to Artyom. Yikes. Bludgeoning damage. Damo. And as it's striking at you, it seems like it's starting to break apart. One of the limbs is now just hanging from some thin barky strands held up by this black liquid inside of it. They used to call me barky strands in high school. Barky strands. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, Hotter with Axe, you're at the top of the initiative. Oh, yeah. 
It hasn't demonstrated any resistances to anything, right? Uh, not that you were aware of, other than the fact that it was hypothetically immune to the fog. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, well, if we if we haven't seen any resistances yet, I'm going to go ahead and attempt to toll the dead this thing. Okay. Some very festive holiday bells ring, and that that <laughs> yeah, that really damages this thing's negativity. Uh, constitution. It is a wisdom save for toll wisdom the dead. Wisdom save. Get Same right. number. Uh, 18. <laughs> 18 passes. Yeah. They're both plus three. Yeah. Smart tree. I tried. I tried without getting too close. <laughs> calculated risk. You tried just enough. Yeah. <laughs> to say you did. Um, would you like to remain on the steps or stay or move? Um, I will. Uh, I, I'm going to shuffle south back towards the old garden wall over there just to put more distance between me and the, the big fuck off tree beast. Of course. And that brings us to Christ. So I have a potentially crazy idea. Well, if it's, Shock. It, if it's online with doing tons of damage to it like you guys have been, then you're no, off to a great start. Not exactly. Uh, I remember that I have this cool little potion mm -hmm. that purifies liquid. Oh, that's true. I want to, I think I want to go and shove it and like break it in it. And see if I can purify this black liquid. Interesting. <laughs> it's a crazy idea i mean the intent of it is to do a purifying like chemical like non-magical purification but oh, it is a spirit creature this is all this is like liquid sin but i i'm, I'm also really on board with you remembering things you've had for a long time and being on brand <laughs> yeah uh, so go for it yeah actually do this yeah what do oh. you want to how do you want to activate this what's your um, plan of action i kind of want to like it's either i'm gonna <laughs> I might hero slam it by doing another thunder slap and just like mash it in its face. Ooh, interesting. Or I'm going to reverberate and do like a charge, just like smash it right into an exposed piece. Well, what's your pick? If you're willing to burn a thunder step to get up on it, I was going to say I'd give you advantage, but you already yes. have it because it has fairy fire. Yes. I will. I'm going to burn the thunder step because that's just cooler. No, I like it a lot. It's very cinematic. <laughs> yeah. um, so you pull this very shining like silver vial yes. out. And I'm going to start resonating, resonating. And if at all, I'm putting a lot of hope in, into this. So if any of my magic can channel into it, mm. I'm going to try. All and right. then I start running and running and thunder step. I find myself in the air. I start dropping, oh God, and smash it right into like an exposed piece of its chest or face. Of course, yeah, you're coming at it from above. So you're landing on like one of the upper branches and you see the inside of it is hollow, like this boiling pot of black liquid. So go ahead and roll me an unarmed attack to try to lodge this vial into the beast. Uh, you can just use your claw mechanics basically because you are reverberating. Okay, and I have advantage. Yes, because of both the spell use and, and the fair And fair. I have the d4. Also, real quick, I'm just going to have Arvid roll me a constitution saving throw. I'm scared. I really hope I roll a 20 because that would be amazing right now. I did roll a 20. Oh, That's a yeah. 23 plus a bunch of other stuff. I crit this. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I actually crit Hooray, I, cinematics. It was, was a 20 and a 2. <laughs> uh, what was your yeah, con save? It was a total of 12. That's okay, that's enough. Um, just to see if your fairy fire maintained. Blessed. That's part of it. It was yeah. enough. Anyway, yeah, cool. And with that, there's an explosion in the sky as Chris plummets down and you actually like impact this black liquid and start to like sink into it. 
as all of your reverberating energy issues out from you and you shatter the vial in your hand. And this clean liquid, like this spring water, starts to gush out of the top of this thing, seeming to like wash over the corpses and push the last of the bark and remaining exterior from whatever this black shape is off onto the ground. And this wave of black surges out like a tidal wave and washes over the courtyard. And as it washes over you, you feel all of the terrors of your life, all the things that you have been trying to forget, all of the bad choices you've made in the past, all of the doubt and fear that you've experienced slam into you and make everything go dark. Things are getting intense for the Mortal Dawn as they battle tooth and nail to save the people of Thandon and their employer for this LUQ quest. I can't help but feel that this tale is similar to the challenges faced by General Avedir as him and his men faced the wandering war wield of 1034. Evil trees are indeed a dangerous foe to face in combat. Fearless, resilient, massive, and ruthless. That's a bit of a stretch, Elevar. Who is it, Kip? Perhaps you can better regale me with the histories of the Dornish army during the years of the Giants' Alliance. And tell me exactly what is a stretch about my analogy. <sighs> well, first of all, General Avedirn did battle with the Wandering Weald in 1031. He died in the spring of 1034 during the assault on Danzen's Tower. And the Wandering Warweald wasn't an evil group of trees. They were just dryads and their sentient constructs defending their homeland, which was returned to them by the King of Dornheim with an apology. You... I... You dare challenge my grasp of history? Illithar, relax. My job is to know things and tell our fans about them. This isn't a brain-measuring contest. We just want to keep the facts straight. You think you're very clever, Kip Killian. I'm certain a quick glance into your mind will reveal the truth of the situation. In Flindra, Cortosis, party. Illithar, stop this. You're being absurd. Reveal to me your secrets. Illithar, that's enough. Impossible! I must have misspoken the incantation. There's no other explanation. Marv, do me a favor and cut to commercial. Music, performance, poetry. Do you think you have what it takes to join the Bard College? Hundreds of talented minstrels and performers are out there, waiting to share their gifts with the world. My name is Professor Truman Bador, but you can call me True. If you think you have the raw talent to be accepted into one of our many Bard Colleges, send two gold to 48 Tanswill Lane, and we'll send you back this insightful at-home version Bard test. Mail it back and you'll hear if you've been accepted into a College of Valor, Lore, or even Glamour in 10 to 19 business days. These easy-take-at-home Bard tests are the perfect way to kickstart your journey down the path of romantic adventure, enthralling entertainment, and erotic penmanship. All this and more take it home bard test get yours today we're bards hey there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello there, all you cuties. We are on that holiday creep right now, and apparently... Apparently our Patreon subscribers are feeling it too, because we now have two more Legendary team members. Um, so we've got Jeff Ammons, Dave Mladenov, Isaac Davies, Jack Phillips, Christian Wiseman, Zan Cam, and now we have Jen Finch and Erie Luna Rose, also really cool name. Um, I don't even know how to express how happy I am right now. The... It means so much that in the holiday season right now, with everything that's going on, that people are out there loving our work enough to throw money at us and and keep supporting us, and it's just so incredibly heartwarming. I want to say on behalf of the whole LUQ and Slapdash Studios that we love all of you, and I know the holidays can be rough, and I hope that they are the best they can be for you right now. If you're feeling sad or you're having a hard time on Christmas Day, just know that you have our support and you have our appreciation. These holiday episodes were incredibly fun to record, and I had such a good time with everybody, and I'm so much looking forward to all the future holidays we'll get to spend together. The League of Ultimate Questing is quickly coming up on its one-year anniversary, and that, for us, means there's going to be a lot of new and interesting changes, and we're going to try and roll those out with as delicate a hand as possible. One thing in particular that we're looking for right now is questions from you about the world, about the characters, about the cast, about the podcasting setup, whatever. We want you to send us any questions you have because we will be doing a League of Ultimate questions sometime early in February. So, this is your opportunity to find out whatever you wanted to know about how we operate. If you want to support the show during this holiday season, there's no better way to do that than by Patreon. Uh, It's been a massive boon for us to have ways of paying the bills that this uh, whole thing kind of incurs. And, you know, we're really looking forward to getting more projects and things out there. Uh, One of the biggest rewards and one of the reasons why I think we have so many people on the Legendary team is because we give a named shout out to everybody who is on it. We always sort of knew that we would have to change how that's done as the number of names we have to list gets larger. So one of the things that we've been playing around with a little bit is the idea of creating groups of four or more with LUQ-themed team names decided on by the teams themselves, and then announcing those maybe on a rotating basis or perhaps uh, listing all the team names and then just having part of the website that lists everybody on them. We're not sure what we want to do, but we kind of want to pass that off to you guys and see if there's any opinions that you have about the idea. More than that, we like the idea of the teams because then we could do participation things and like contests and other things like that. And maybe even down the line doing like merch for particularly larger effective teams. If you guys like this idea, please shoot us a Twitter, um, blast us a face on our book and do us a big old Instagram or something. I don't know how any of that works, um, but <laughs> send us send us an affirmation that you think this is a cool idea or if you have any suggestions on how we could change it. We're looking to implement this sometime relatively soon, just as the number of people who support us gets larger. But in the end, we're just so elated by the fact that we have all these people who support us and we just don't want to disappoint anybody. 
Back to more normal housekeeping stuff. I know we haven't mentioned this in a while, but if you want to get a personal message on the show, are interested in promoting a business or a podcast of your own, please just shoot an email to admin at Slapdash Studios. We have some pretty reasonable rates for getting promotions out there. Speaking of promotions, some of you might have already heard about us working with Level Up Dice, and quite frankly, their product is just so unbelievably amazing. I love their luxury dice so much. I don't have a set yet because um, they're expensive and I'm very very broke but law has multiple sets and i am so deeply in love with them it's unbelievable if you want to check out some awesome luxury dice and things like that you should go to bit.ly forward slash lud slapdash studios which is a little bit of a mouthful you can also find the link in our episode descriptions but every click counts and if you buy something through there then we get benefited so if you want to show your support and you're planning on getting a really cool geeky gift anyway check out level up dice through our link Thank you guys so much for sitting through this incredibly long mid-roll with all of this nonsense. It's been a hectic, hectic holiday season, and I think it's just going to get more crazy over the next week. So just know that we love you all, and we appreciate your support, and let's just get you back to your action. This Spirit's Rest. Share a tradition with your family from ages long forgotten. Gather around the hearth and drink deeply the creamy confection you've come to associate with the holiday. Clove, cinnamon, fresh cream, pure cane sugar, and serpent eggs harvested from the bowels of an ancient Elkhorn temple that coats your mouth in a rich flavor and seems to slither down your throat. It simply wouldn't be spirit's rest without Yonti Meadows Eggnaga. Yonti Meadows. Holiday tradition. Holiday history. The mortal dawn is lost in a black sea of endless doubt and fear. You feel yourself being washed away back to those dark places you tried to forget so long ago. Things that you became strong to overcome. And you can tell that if you can't find something to cling to, something to hope for, you'll be lost in the darkness forever. Arvid, what is your thought? What do you seek to reach out for? Your guiding light, your hope. I think it would be looking back to that moment where I felt accepted by the goat totem and repurposed myself for a new family. And my crew is all around me. I could just look at your faces and I'd see the thing that keeps me going. That's beautiful. Roll me a wisdom saving throw, please, with advantage. 17. Thank God for the advantage. Yeah. 17 noted. Harothax, what is your source of light? What is your hope? What keeps you going? Harothax thinks back to their childhood and thinking about their parents and sitting down as small hatchling and listening to my very old parents talk about Selvarax that was and the dream of one day becoming powerful enough to go back there in person and see the dragons of my ancestors. Mm, very nice. Very on brand. Go ahead and roll me a wisdom saving throw with advantage, please. 15. 15, noted. Christ. I think the memory that gives Chris the most comfort is the first song he heard in the new city after he was freed. Mm. Like the, you know, the little songs the kids would sing. Right. Yeah, you're reaching out for the beauty of, you know, music. Your thing. So go ahead and roll me a wisdom saving throw with advantage. That is a 
15. 15 noted. All right, and Artyom, what is your guiding light? What is your hope? Artyom begins to despair. He realizes that he doesn't have family and never did. Not really. He doesn't put as much value on the team or that friendship. He doesn't have love. He doesn't have light. He fights because he feels like he has to, because he feels obligated, and he starts to kind of feel like there's no hope. There's no purpose. Mm -hmm. But then he feels a sharp sting as his wand jams him in the hand and Mm. blood starts to pour out of it. And then he realizes that even though he doesn't have any purpose, he has to continue and hold his oaths. Interesting. So go ahead and roll me that sweet advantage wisdom save. Yeah. (laughs) 22. 22. So the mortal dawn each has their inspiration, their push to keep going in some different fashion. Calculating the total, there was a number you were supposed to beat and you crushed it. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure the 22 helped. (laughs) They were all very, very good. Uh, You reach out, trying to find some sort of stability in this darkness looking for anything you can hang on to to pull yourself free and artium you feel something large and soft you wrap your hand around it and it wraps around you being a very large hand itself and then a very cold scaly hand wraps around that one and another smooth smaller hand with a long crystal claw coming off of the fingertip wraps around that. And as the darkness dissipates, you find yourself standing there in the courtyard, once again awash in the red light of the spirit realm, holding hands where once the carnivore stood, terrorizing the village, causing nothing but death and decay. And now there is the quiet and peace of a restful afterlife. That's it? It's done? It's over? Not yet. I look back towards the mansion. The mansion is again awash in the red light that seems to bring you into the spirit realm. And you realize it has a source. And the source is on the horizon. And it's getting closer. And as it gets brighter, you see a red light being held aloft in a large gauntleted hand. There is a huge silver six-wheeled chariot pulled by two armored polar bears. And on the back of it, there is a towering figure in red and gold full plate with a long braided beard and a twisted long halberd in his offhand with a black menacing blade on the end of it. And he's holding aloft this red lantern and behind him in the wake of the light, there are spirits, both dark and light clinging to the path that he has traveled, following him lost and desperate. And he rides up to the front of the gate where there's no longer any peasants around and the mansion is silent. And he steps down and looks to the group And the only figure that moves up to him is a very small, one-legged halfling boy who comes over and wraps his hand around his leg and says, I knew it. I knew they'd give him the best spirits rest ever. William, did did you do this? I prayed for Crothus to help old Lord Nilros. He points over to the one of the burned-down houses and says, we used to be neighbors. Uh, Oh, God. uh, uh, All my feels. No. (laughs) I feel really shitty for kind of getting up on this kid's grill. (laughs) (laughs) And a deep rumbling voice echoes out from the helmed visage of St. Crothis. On the precipice of the dawn, the spirits find their way back home by my hand. Spirits lost for countless years, souls connected to beings of this world and ancestors of your past. And they are proud of you. And before the light takes them, 
I shall grant they pass on the gifts of their life. And a figure emerges from the red wake of his lantern's light. A tall, bestial, black-scaled dragonborn with long, curled horns that moves much more animalistically than Harothax, with long, serpentine wings that drape off of its back, and a large crocodilian tail that drags behind it. And the voice echoes out, Shadow Speaker Tharuneska. And this figure holds out its long claws towards Harothax, and it waves one hand over the other and manifests this leather bag tied with beaded gems and ushers it out towards you. I think for the first time, you see a look of absolute reverence cross Harothax's face, and they drop to their knees just inadvertently, just collapsing under the weight of what's happening here. And they just rest the bag in your open hands before they are almost like pulled back into the red light. You weakly take it. And then you hear the voice echo out again. General Sokol Mojestva Volkov. And you see an armored dark elf step forward who is missing an arm, wearing full plate military armor. He has scars all over his face, the side of his eye and ear completely gone. And he has a sheathed blade on his hip. You've never heard of a military from Drogondrov. This must be something long forgotten. And he steps forward and kind of sizes you up, looks you up and down. Then he bends down and unlatches his greaves and steps out of his boots and leaves them there in front of you. And you see him wiggle his toes in the snow and then a big smile spreads across his face. Oh my God, they're so cute. (laughs) And he gives you an approving nod before he salutes and turns around back into the red light. I return the salute. And I grab the boots. Thardun, the standing bear. And one of the largest fairbolgs you have ever seen steps out from the red light and approaches Arvid almost too quickly at first, moving like a beast. And it stops and looks down at you. And it traces its finger along the horns on your head and kind of thinks about it and then nods in approval. And reaches down to its belt buckle, grabs you by the hand and slams something heavy and stone into it. And you look down and there is a stone carved like a crescent moon. And it looks like a wet stone. And it looks over you and then grabs you in a huge bear hug. And with a squeeze pushes the air out of your lungs. (laughs) And turns back into the light. You don't hear a name for the last one. A very small figure steps out. A young Alcaran girl. She's dressed in rags like a peasant. And she steps forward and you can see that on her wrists and on her back there are scars and lashes. And she seems to be staring at the ground very shyly as she stands at your feet, not quite making eye contact and fidgeting with her belt nervously. And she looks up at you and then looks to the people around you and a large, mischievous smile spreads across your face. (laughs) And she reaches into her pocket and pulls out this beautiful crystal bracelet that looks like a scorpion wrapped around its own tail. She kind of winks and then she scampers back into the red light. Just made me cry a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Sam also willed up. I've... Oh my god. Uh, so these are all trinkets that do have small powers, but none of them are counted as actual magic items. Um, Harithax was gifted a bag of seeds from Salvarax. Oh, wow. Rare herbs and plants that can be harvested. Artium, the boots of tireless march give you advantage on all exhaustion checks versus long forced marches. Nice. As you walk a mile in your ancestor's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Thardun the Standing Bear gave you the Crescent Moon Whetstone, and if you use it every morning, your melee attacks will just simply do plus one damage. Wow. Fancy. It does wear out eventually. Okay. 
And Crist, the scorpion's bracelet, once per day, you can have advantage on a sleight of hand check. That, and it's a very valuable gem bracelet. And Crothis holds his lantern once again and says, The ride will be long, but the destination is what is important. You have done well here. This town will be in your debt. I sense a change in the air. And then with a lash, the bears roar, and he takes off, and the spirits follow in his wake. And a couple of them stop to look at you as they go, and you don't know who they are, but they seem somehow familiar. And as the light fades, you return to the material realm, as peasants stand around Lord Nyros' estate, confused, looking at the carnage as these figures just reappear. And Lord Nyros is there on the front porch, wrapped in a blanket, just shaking and confused. I walk over to him. Is it, is it done then? I start taking off my boots mm-hmm. and putting on the new ones. Will, I suppose that's a question I should ask you. He kind of looks past you at all the people congregated around his estate. A large portion of the town has now come out to surround the villa. And he is shaking and says, I've seen more tonight than I think I've seen in my entire life. I'm not much of a religious man, and I don't really follow the traditions of my people, but by gods, I felt the spirits tonight. I saw them with my own eyes. I saw the importance of my choices. I don't even feel like I have a choice anymore. There's only one outcome here. It's the one I must make. I, I will trade all of this to start again. I must. What else is there? And you see him kind of carefully start stepping towards the people in the town. And they don't meet him with boos or jeers, but they immediately pull him into a large hug. This is the first time he's left his estate in a year. We miss life breathing back into a community. (laughs) And we got to share this very special spirits rest together. And you know that if you use the swan, you can return to Lucinilli before spirits dawn. Haruthax will walk over to where the tree uprooted itself the big dirty hole in the ground Mm -hmm. and take out one seed from the bag and just plant it there and kind of cover it with earth awesome chris kind of wants to william i william yes uh who are you looking for chris a little boy william i think he's missing a leg you mean we william yes um he died in the fire a year ago they say pointing to one of the houses Chris will just like has such a sad look in his eye and he just marches on over to where he died and just sits there for a minute. Mm -hmm. Sam got goosebumps from that. (laughs) Any other touching scenes? No, let's touch the swan. (laughs) (laughs) Artyom. I look at uh, Nile Rose and while he's doing his whole love and family hug thing, And I kind of hold my wand in my hand. And as I put my hand on the swan, I say to myself, what else is there? Mm -hmm. Your hand is wet with blood. Yeah, and you all join together in touching the swan and vanish into a direct portal of magic in the night sky to your home of Lucinilli, where they are experiencing a spirit's rest of their own. Folks, it truly is a touching scene to depart on, thanks to the mortal dawn and all of their hard work and bravery on this beloved holiday night. 
makes you think about friends and friends who've come and gone and friends that you miss. Yes, well, it seemed like a bit of a dumb luck to me, and not the titular kind. There are far more effective ways to deal with possessed manifestations of darkness. Is everything negative to you? Why do you just suck the fun and energy out of every broadcast? Why can't you just be likable for two minutes at a time? Why can't you be more like... Storm! Hey, Kip. That's me. Storm! You're... I... Where have you... Get out of this booth this instant, Raphael. You've abandoned your post. As usual, I had to come here and clean up your mess. This position is mine now. I've earned it. I'll be the one that everyone wants to talk to. I'll be the interesting one with cool stories to tell, huh? I demand you be gone. Four things, Althar. One, we got a lot of issues to work out, man. But you need a therapist, not a recorder pointed at your face. Two, you couldn't summon a charisma score with all the arcane components in Danmere. Three, Nexus ain't too fond of old crybabies who try to cast spells on their co-hosts. Four, I clean up my own messes. Starting with your ass in my chair. Listen here, Lily White. You get up. Keep your spells in your mouth and get your roped carcass out of here ASAP or I'm going to put my magic boots so far up your dusty backside you'll get a plus two stealth bonus to brush in your teeth. How dare you? Not a word, Lily White. Out. Aw oh, man, his bony butt messed up my choice indent. More like robe-clad dunderhead, am I right, Kip? Storm, I, I can't believe it. You're back. Where have you been? How'd you get here? Are you okay? Kip, I feel like a million drags. All those other questions, well... Let's just say you got plenty of new Stormclad stories coming to brighten up the broadcast. And I think I got the last chapter of my book. So, you're, you're back? You're, you're really back to stay? I'm back, buddy. I'm just in time. Happy Spirits Rest, kid. Happy Spirits Rest, Storm. Damn, that was so fucking like, legit! <laughs> That that I gotta say, the description of my ancestor got me. I I choked up a bit there. Yeah, I was pretty close. I was pretty close. Once he said "little girl," I was already starting to cry. I'm not kidding. Immediately, I, just immediately, I, I do like, the best no. I can. I, I got some serious chills that whole time. A, ra- like, a, a round of carefully microphone managed applause for our dungeon master <laughs> here. Slaw. So good. So good. Um, who's next? Who's on the read? Who gives the read through uh, time? That me. Mickle. That's you. That me. It's Mickle Man. Mickle Lorvin. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this remarkably touching and heartfelt episode of the League of Ultimate Questing. Let's go around the table, introducing everyone, starting as usual with this young lady to my right. Hello. Uh, my name is Sam, and I'm playing Arvid. Excellent game today. My name is Michael Loving. I play Haruthax. Hi, my name's Alante, and I play Christ, the hero lander. <laughs> uh, I'm Zach. I play Artyom Volkov. I am also the technical director, producer, and partial editor, along with Tori Christensen, editor supreme. Notorious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Apparently, it's got to be done every time. Now, yeah. <laughs> my name is Law, the dungeon master of the League of Ultimate Questing, St. Crothus, and the creative director of Slapdash Studios. And if you are a fan of the LUQ and you want to see us keep growing 
and you haven't yet, please review us on iTunes, any other podcasting service that you have. Reviews are super useful. And also take a moment to share it with some friends. What better holiday cheer could you instill in someone's life than introducing them to their new, hopefully favorite (laughs) podcast show? Also, consider directly sharing it with people. Don't just post on social media. If you have a friend you think would like it, talk to them one-on-one, message them specifically. It goes a lot farther than just a generic post. Boost our social media is always appreciated. Uh, we are Slap the Dash on Twitter, Slap the Dash on Instagram, and Slap Dash Studios on the Book of Faces. <laughs> word of mouth is the only way for us to get the word out about our show right now. And as always, we super, super appreciate it. New episodes of the LUQ go live every Monday, wherever your podcast media is consumed. Bonus content comes every Friday from Law with the sweet, sweet memes. Our website, slapdashstudios.com, has links to all of our episodes. It has links to our Patreon. You can also save yourself a little time and type the theluq.com and you'll get the same place. We share weekly bonus content there, as well as Law's trademark D&D memes. Our Patreon is one of the best places for you to support the show and Slapdash Studios. You get access to character sheets, maps, magic items, behind-the-scenes episodes such as level-up episodes, my one-on-one with Law from the time that I was gone for paternity leave, all of that stuff. You can also check out our other show at the website, D20 Questions, where Law and Zach interview people in the gaming scene over drinks and creating wacky hijinks in the process while they think about RPGs and storytelling, which they should not, apparently, think about. (laughs) We love you all, LU cuties. We hope we can keep growing and questing together. Until next time, we would like to wish all of you happy holidays and a hefty dose of luck. God's bless us, everyone. (laughs) 